Today's episode is brought to you by Live Forever Golf. If you like living forever and you like golf, then you're going to love Live Forever Golf. Enter discount code LFG20 for 20% off your next order. Live Forever Golf for the player, not the game. First time I've been in a playoff on the PGA Tour, and the pressure really wasn't that bad in the playoff, to be honest. I felt like I'd screwed up the 72nd hole so bad and, you know, had my chance to win it outright and should have at, at that time. But when we got back out there, it was like, okay, we got one hole straight up. We're all, all even right now. And so it felt like a little bit of a gift that I had that chance. Welcome back to another episode of Straight Down the Middle-ish. Uh, we are on the road this week in Pricey's office, and uh, it's we are joined by a very special guest, five-time PGA Tour champion and most recent winner of the Honda Classic, George Bulldog and one hell of a model American, Chris Kirk. Appreciate you having me, Welcome. guys. Yeah, yes. Thanks a lot. Yeah, five-time, that sounds a hell of a lot better than four. <laughs> we normally give a golf clap, but since we're holding the mics this week, we're unable to give the golf clap. This feels weird. What were you saying about a banana earlier? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Oh man! So coming down the stretch at the, the Honda, um, that was you. You won in a playoff. That was your first win in a playoff. What was uh, what was that process like coming uh, coming down the seventy second? Yeah, first time I've been in a playoff on the PGA Tour, and um, you know the the pressure really wasn't that bad in in the playoff, to be honest. I felt like I'd screwed up the 72nd hole so bad and, you know, had my chance to win it outright and should have at, at that time. Um, but when we when we got back out there, it was like, OK, you know, you know, we got one one hole straight up. You know, we're all, all even right now. And so it felt like a little bit of a gift that I had that that chance. Second chance. For, uh, first win since fifth? 2015. Dude, that's nuts. It's a long time. It is. That's badass, mm-hmm. too. At the same time. Thanks. Yeah, it was it was funny um, when I got done the playoff and and when I won, it was like, you know, the emotions for me of it, you know, it being so long, so much has changed in my life Mm -hmm. since then. It was like, you know, I was very like kind of teared up. And and then I had Chromie, my buddy, caddying for me, who's thank God been (laughs) (laughs) been caddying you know uh, off and on for a couple years and he was just like on cloud 12 just absolutely pumped ready to like tackle me so the the contrast of emotions that he and I had going on I don't know how apparent that was but like I'm I'm about ready to cry and he's just like giving me a huge hug and just like so pumped. It was yeah. just like I'm not we are on two different planets right now. <laughs> Pure joy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Man. So uh I want to go back to that uh the drop that you took. And I don't know if you remember, but right before you were about to swing, some kind of raven or crow lands right in front mm-hmm. of you. You have to back off. I mean yeah, the loudest bird in the state of Florida that just like landed right in front of me and starts like screaming at me, uh. like looking at me, like, all right, I've just I've just screwed this up, hit a ball in the water, like I, I know, you know, was the, it, bird, was that, the bird's that was, just like yelling at me. Is like, that maybe a metaphor for the alcohol? Maybe screaming at you, and you had to pass the test, and you passed the test. <laughs> maybe so. I don't. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't quite. Uh, see that connection at the time but it was just like <laughs> you know it was it coming was back just, it was coming back yeah, it's it ominous. was just kind of it was you know that was my natural reaction was just like to laugh it's like you know yeah. really like i mean i'm already yeah. in like kind of 
panic mode a little bit right then. Yeah. It probably helped a, a little bit. To slowed you down. It yeah. Slowed me down. And even the, even yeah. this, you look on TV, you look so smooth. And I, I guess Azinger said something like you look like in a, an emotionless, emotionless, emotionless robot. Is that yep, what he said? I heard. So that, I think that actually helps. Um, but getting in, into a spot like that, even the calmest guys, it's moving fast for them. Oh yeah. Very, very fast. Yeah. I mean, I, there, there have been other times in my career where I definitely felt more comfortable in that position, but because it had been so long since I'd won, um, and I knew that I knew that I was going to be just as, as nervous, maybe even more nervous than, than Eric Cole, um, in that situation, just because, you know, it had been, forever felt like and i've had had some chances and hadn't been able to get it done and so that that can kind of almost weigh on you more sometimes than than trying to get it done for the first time and you mentioned your caddy for those that don't know at home pricey also uh Mm -hmm. works for you a little bit from here and there and i heard you you go through a few different guys (laughs) a couple times a year just just to make chris appreciate his other caddies i'm like like the guy that flies private that once a year they'll go back and fly southwest just to appreciate flying private the greyhound before we go into the caddies thing let's go back to honda real quick you you bailed on riviera Mm mm-hmm $20 $20 million purse short field for the Honda for the Honda regular purse, regular field. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a lot of guys would do that, but damn, what a decision. Yeah. I look pretty smart now. Yeah, don't you, I? Do, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, but if you think, if you look at it, it was basically the only decision really. Well, I, I, to be honest, when can you, you, said, can you can, walk us through like, yeah, that? sure. That, um, so I've, I've always, I think I've played Riviera three times in my career. I would put it easily top 10 favorite golf courses that I've ever played. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Anybody that hasn't been there. Um, but I just have a real strong tendency to shoot 74 around that place. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've, I've played three times. I made the cut once and I think I finished 30th, something like that. And I just remember walking off on Sunday and was like, that's as good as I got. Like I, it was just one of those courses. I don't really know why. Um, it just doesn't, doesn't suit me as much as I like, enjoy playing it. But then this year, you know, with the ele- elevated purse events, they kind of, it's, you feel obligated. Like you feel right. like if you're in those tournaments then you should play them. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, I haven't been there in, in a number of years. Maybe I'll go give it another shot this year. And so I didn't, I didn't play Pebble, which I normally play. And, and uh, so it was like, all right, I'll do Phoenix and, and Riv, and then I'll take a week off, and then Bay Hill and the, and the players. And but after uh, I think it was Saturday of of Phoenix, um, I looked at the forecast the week the for the next week and saw it was going to be really cold. And I just I mean, like playing Riviera on like an eighty degree sunny day sounds amazing, mm-hmm. but that's a long golf course for you know lows yeah. in the thirties and highs in the fifties for me, who's you know, an average, average length hitter at best anyways. And so I was just like, I'm going to be flying at like 270 out there and hitting four iron in every hole. And I'm going to shoot 74 again. So yeah. I might as well go home for a week and, and go to a place at the Honda where I've played well the last few years and, and feel like I've got a legit chance. Also like Poana versus Bermuda. Also you would, yep. you're just inside the top 50 in the world trying to maintain that for Augusta, the Augusta. Mm-hmm. 
um, cut off is in a few weeks. So, and when you text me to say Phoenix and LA to caddy, the first, my first reaction was I understand the elevated purse. I'm not a player anymore, but I was like, that's weird. Kirk's playing LA because you you've been in the top ten heading into the final nine holes two or three years in a row at Honda, mm-hmm. and you know a, a eighth place at Honda is going to be better than a fortieth at, at LA. So yep. All right, getting back to the caddies now. Um, <laughs> do you just get sick of them? What's the deal? Like, but, <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's basically it. So I, I early on in my career, I would hire guys, and then you know, two three months in, I would just be like, just it would just fester, and yeah. I would just would be in such a bad place mentally, <laughs> and I knew that it was. So I would get. I would get mad at them for like the most ridiculous stuff, just like stuff that is not like, the, and I knew the way they look. Like, yeah. <laughs> their face. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you know, and so it's like, I knew that it was ridiculous yeah. that I was getting mad for these reasons. And so I just wouldn't say anything and it would just build up and I would, I would finally be like, I'm sorry, I have to fire you for no reason. <laughs> and so after a little while of doing that, I was like, why don't I just not, fire anybody because i i didn't like firing people it's no fun yeah and so now for the past 14 years probably i've just basically contracted out so i'll say whether it's aaron or or michael or at bill harkey for quite a while gw you know a, a mm-hmm. lot of different guys that i've had off and on I'll say hey can you can you work these three events and it's you know everybody kind of knows the program by now Mm-hmm. where it's understood that like you know we're going to do these three events and then i'm going to move on to, and have somebody else do the next two or three or whatever and then you know we'll work it out work it out with schedules like you know obviously if they're available then you know maybe do a few more events later on in the year and um it's it's been great it's it's really made made my quality life on the road better and you know kind of the only the only real rule rule that I've given myself to follow is to never take somebody else's caddy. Like only, you know, there's been situations where I could have done that and yeah. I, I just kind of make sure that I avoid that. Yeah. Well, I say it's paid off for you. It's worked well. You're one of the first guys to do it. You want to probably like one, maybe, maybe someone else who's got in between status who doesn't have the luxury of being, getting the guy they want, but you'd be the only full-time guy that does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can it can cause some logistical difficulties every now and then. You know, you end up in a, you know, in a spot where you maybe the couple guys that you'd like are are not available or or whatever. But yeah, and you got to um, reach out to Aaron. Yeah, and then you yeah. have to Can- call Aaron. Canada last uh, year, I had to say no because I had shit on. But I think Kirk finished sixth yeah, or seventh. Finished seventh that week. I missed out. <laughs> but going, going back, to, if we want to go back to this. If it wasn't for my shit caddying in Phoenix and you make the cut, you probably play the weekend. That's probably enough to make you go to LA. Yeah. My shit caddying, you pull out, smart decision, mm-hmm. and you win Honda. So we haven't really negotiated. It's going to yeah, be a what po- percentage it's be a post- the 1.5 million. It's going to be a post negotiation here. Do you think that you just. Probably not 50 50, but probably like yeah. 4 51 49 or something like that. We'll keep negotiating. Point oh 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 one. Yeah. I know uh-huh. you're great to these guys too. I mean, I'm buddies with well, obviously Aaron and GW, and GW just rants and raves about you, man. Well, tell the Scott Sedgenex story. That's good from twenty. That's nice of GW. Yeah, that one's twenty. That was funny. I don't tell. I don't tell it very often. Um, 
but yeah, that's a key. Uh, it's another key to to making what I do work. Is like, if I was a dickhead to everybody that caddied for me, there wouldn't exactly be guys lining up to right. to come fill in. For well, there still weeks, would be. People would still do it. Yeah, but well, I mean, you, you would, you would probably still. But. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> but there's plenty of guys like that don't have a bag for the week that would. Yeah. Run and jump to caddy for Chris. Well, I know what week. you're saying. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So the sad story that Aaron's referring to, um, 2014. So 13, 13, 14. That year, um, I won twice. Had a great year. Finished second on the on the FedEx Cup. And uh, so after that, it was a three million dollar bonus, mm-hmm. two and a half cash, and five hundred into my retirement. And so I, I felt like the right thing to do was to pay out 7% on two and a half million. Mm-hmm. And so I went through my year and I had like eight different guys caddy for me, I think. I broke it down to a per event and I think it was, may have been like eight or $9,000 per, per event. Mm-hmm. So everybody got credits or whatever. So yeah. Harky got a lot of that. He, he caddied for probably half my events that year. Scott Sajentak caddy for me at the John Deere, and I missed the cut. One of two cuts that I missed that year. Okay. And so I didn't say anything to anybody. I just, you know, I had everybody's addresses, and so I just sent so, a check. And I, did, I don't think I even said what it was for. And so I, I get a call from him. He's like, what the hell is this check for? And I just went straight into the math. Like, yeah. I played 28 times. This was, you know, seven percent of two and a half million is whatever. One one twenty eighth of that is eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And he was like, "You're you realize that we together accrued a total of zero FedEx Cup points." And I was like, yeah, "It doesn't matter." I was like, "This just this <laughs> wow. is. I think this is the right thing to do." And so he's he's hopefully hopefully Kirky wins the FedEx Cup this year. Yeah. <laughs> well, that dude. Yeah. I was with GW last week, and he was, you know, I was you. Uh, GW would have got some of that money too, for sure. Did you ever win yeah, the GW? Yep. You played. Were you leading after mm-hmm. the first round this week? Um, yep. No, so, Rom was. Okay, yeah, but you, but you I were shot up. five. Yeah, because you were up there, there and because I, I was like, who's, who's leading? And he was like, oh, Kirk's in the lead. He goes, he's gonna win. He goes, it's gonna be great for GW at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Tell Kirk to bring me back. <laughs> oh, what a man of integrity, though. That's uh, that's a great story. Yeah, it is. Not a lot of guys are doing that, man. That's awesome. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So your swing, I mean, it, you live in Tempo Town. How how long have you had that that type of action? You know, <laughs> it, <laughs> rolls out of bed with that, dude. right? Yeah, yeah. I've played with with Matt and Aaron for a lot of years, so it's kind of always been that way. Um, I certainly work to maintain it, uh, and the tempo all, or the swing, the tempo. Yeah, really. It's all it's all relative. So like, you know, quick for me is probably not going to look quick to the naked eye, mm-hmm. but it still is enough to for me to hit a shitty shot. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. uh, my my favorite drill to do, and I do it all the time, is I'll you know with a six, you know, probably a seven or eight iron, typically just a nice all the way to the top, and you know, full one Mississippi, and and then come down in unison, and so. It's interesting. It's like I can I can make a full backswing and I could stay up there for ten seconds and then hit it solid. Really? 
Like it's it's funny when I try to get other I show other people and try to get them to do it and they're like all right and they're up there for like a tenth of a second like how was that like Matsuyama kind of yeah like like even longer like I'll I'll stay up there for really a long time so it's if anything when I get off a little bit I will tend to my lower body will start a little bit early before my my backswing really has time to finish and get into that nice pause Mm -hmm. Um, so if I can just get where what I feel like is is everything kind of hips, shoulders, club head, uh, hands, all that kind of coming down at the same time and the same speed. And that's one of those feel versus real things. I know yeah. that's not what's actually happening, but that's what it feels like to me. Like everything goes to the top, it stops in unison, and then it starts down in unison. And that's that's where the that's when my rhythm feels the best, and that's when my ball striking is the best. So you practice the exaggeration of that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'll stay to make sure that they they start all at the same time. It it, it helps for me to have them stopped for a little while up there at the top. Wow. Um, I'm taking mental notes. You're here. so right about that pause at the top too when you tell people to do it because our if you if you lined our our swings up side by side and started them at the same time, I'm probably done with my swing by the time your back swing is completed. And <laughs> That'd be pretty close. Yeah, but to to your point. There are times like I've had coaches where they would say, "All right, just just try and pause at the top here," and I think I'm just fucking camping out up there, man. Mm-hmm. And it is there's no pause, there's no pause. Yeah, it's hilarious for me to watch people try to do it because it's people are just not physically capable of stopping. I'm teaching Liam when Liam he's ten now, but he's not super into golf. But when he gets into golf, I am making him pause at the top because you can't teach that later in life it's not something Mm -hmm. you can all of a sudden just get a pause at the top it's something that some of the stuff needs to be learned early like the kids playing baseball i want to try and get them i know they're young but i want them to be able to get a good throwing technique are your boys die hard baseball Three baseball players. Yep, none of them care at all about golf. Not (laughs) yet. Not yet. Nice. Um, How How old are they now? Sawyer will be eleven next week. That's right. Uh, Foster's nine and Wilder's five. So Sawyer's got his first travel ball tournament this weekend. He's big, big into it. Loves it. Um, Foster's playing Oconee Little League ball. He likes it, but is not not as passionate as as Sawyer is about it. He's a he's a decent little athlete Mm -hmm. though. And then Wilder's five playing coach pitch and just like you, you, it's it's hilarious because having having big brothers, he he refused to do t ball because he's like I'm not hitting off a tee. My mm-hmm. brothers, you know, yeah. pitch that thing to me. Yeah, I love that. But then he's out there and he absolutely lo- can't wipe the smile off his face. Absolutely loves it. He's got the two big brothers that play. You would think that he would kind of have a little leg up on the other kids. Has no idea what's going on. <laughs> at all it's picking daisies it's great it's fine but it's it's awesome yeah. though like he yeah. the the pure joy like he'll if he has a game he'll come home from school and go straight upstairs and put his uniform on and wear it for the rest of the afternoon That's the same awesome. to a game just absolutely loves it even though he has no idea what he's doing out oh, there it's so but good. it's it's so fun it's you so had, fun to watch you guys have a baseball diamond right at your property we do so we kirk do. lives on 42 acres in uh what Oh, Watkinsville, Watkinsville, Athens. Yeah. Why Athens? Obviously, so, you went to school there, but yeah, um, you've lived a few places. Atlanta, lived uh, lived on St. Simon's Island for almost seven years or so, and um, really loved loved the golf there. Loved the community. Um, you wish you could get those seven years back. 
<laughs> you can be honest to me. No. <laughs> island, um, island boy. Over uh, here. Uh, <laughs> Didn't want to be part of the island boys. Yeah. Um, but after when Tommy got pregnant with Foster, our second, we kind of felt the need like, all right, we want to get back closer to some some family. We actually moved to Alpharetta. We were there for like a year and a half. Um, didn't really love it there. But my initially, my plan was to, I'm, I'm going to have a house in Alpharetta and then I'm going to buy 200 acres somewhere in North Georgia or Dahlonega or wherever. And that'd be kind of like where we go on the weekends. After a while, looking around more and, and also just kind of having the realization that I'm on the road almost 30 weeks a year. It's like there's not much point in having two mm-hmm. different places at home. So um, came about this this piece of land in Athens um, through some people there that I had known from school and um, a guy named John Barrett, who's like a big real estate guy there. And uh, just eventually found that that was, that was perfect. That was what we wanted to do. Bought the place and bought a house in a neighborhood like next to it and, and then took our time. You know, it, it took us, I think, three years before we even broke ground on our house, just trying mm. to kind of figure out what, I, what exactly I wanted to do with it. Um, where I wanted to clear trees, where I wanted to put buildings and all that stuff. And I loved that, that process of it, just walking around, learning the, learning the property and figuring out what we wanted to do. And, and, um, yeah, we moved into our, our house that we're in, in currently that we built, built the house, built the barn, driving range, baseball field, the whole deal, uh, moved into there. And I think probably 2018, Probably. Did the beard okay. come with the uh, the property? Because that thing screams, I am chopping wood at the house. <laughs> I think it did. I think it did. That's really around I actually, the same time. I think time. it did too, yeah. It's really around the same time. So the last time I was clean shaven, I think Wilder, my youngest, who's five and a half, was about a month old, mm. something like that. So, so first win yeah, with the beard. about right. First win with the beard. You're right, Ron. You're right. What do, you think's, what, do you, what do you think's in store for you the rest of the year? You know, I don't know. It's uh, I this mean, past we're doing week, this right now, bro. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Schedule's changed. This past week was a little bit of a whirlwind for sure. Um, just trying to kind of wrap my head around everything that's going on. But it's, um, you know, I've, I've never been someone who's set outcome goals at all. So I, I've just focused on the, the process that I want to put in every day. And, uh, so I don't have, I'd have never had goals like of, of even like, oh, I want to win three times or I want to do this or accomplish this or whatever. Like, I feel like if I, if I take care of the small things and I, and I do what I, what I want to do, then the results kind of take care of themselves. But at, right now I am kind of probably in need of a little bit of a mental reset. Like, okay, what now, you know, but yeah. I mean, my two goals for this year were to, um, work harder in the gym in my off weeks. Because I've always, I've always worked really hard during the off season, and then I start traveling on the road, and I don't do shit. That's I just, hard to do yeah, it on the road. Yeah, I, I, and especially like the the real focus for me is to just crush it of the weeks that I am at home. Mm. Like I, I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm gonna go work out today, but it probably won't be anything too crazy. But really, like go hard on on my weeks where I'm at home, and then I also f- I found myself last year in the fall, especially falling into. Uh, a bad habit like with my self-talk on the golf course and getting into I was getting into way too often where I'd you know hit a bad shot or have a bad hole and be like oh you suck you know just kind of like a 
almost like a depressed, like, yeah. you know, down on myself kind of feeling. And so I've tried to, I've tried to make a, you know, the beginning of this year, this was, like I said, this was one of two goals. So this was big for me. Um, switch that to more of a, you know, you're better than this. Mm-hmm. Like, a, you know, I can get pissed off. It's be- it's better for me to get pissed off than to, you know, I'll never be somebody that walks around there and be like, oh, it's okay. You know, I just hit it in the water and it's fine. Yeah. You know? But people um, think that just because of the persona, the weeks they see you, you're playing well, yeah. Paul Azinger. Mm-hmm. But obviously not the case. There's no one that's ever succeeded Sometimes at golf that didn't the, get the pissed off. The quietest ones get the s- sneaky yeah. pissed off. The yeah, most. no, I get I get really upset, but uh, I'm and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with being being pissed off. But it it needed to switch to a place of like you know, like I said, you're better than this. You know, it to expect more of myself that like you know, it, and that that's just like as a total. Even though it's you know two different variations of being angry, it's mm-hmm. a it's a complete 180 in, in how you feel about yourself. It's wild. That's the only place it really happens to is the golf course. I mean, you don't get home and be like, oh, I was such a bad dad today. I mean, you <laughs> can really rip yourself apart. Yeah, you obviously <laughs> go without saying you can't hang on to it. You need to get mad and get rid of it. I was always very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's damn near impossible for your golf when it's going bad to oh, not God. trickle into I used to joke that I would Real fight life. Mike Tyson after a three button. I probably would have. He would have punched oh, me they in the need, face, but I would have wanted to yeah. be punched. They in need the face. punching bags behind every green. Yeah. <laughs> and you can just you can decide what you want to do. You kick it. Yeah. Karate kick. Karate kick. That was a signature move. Yeah. Yeah. Seen it. Yeah, Sawyer dropped his iPad on his toe the other day while yeah. we were in Orlando and he's like looking at it swollen a little bit. He's like, Do you think my toe's broken? And you know, talking about it. I was like yeah, I mean, I, maybe it is and maybe isn't, but you know, you know what you can do for a broken toe is nothing. You know, last time I broke a toe, I took a week off and then I just kept playing. Yeah, he's like, "How'd you break your toe again?" I was like, "I kicked my golf bag." <laughs> I remember like, that. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it happens. What about all right? So you're a huge baseball fan. You probably watch ninety percent of the Braves games. Mm-hmm. You've said you've thrown a few first pitches out. At, UGA games. Mm-hmm. You think you get the uh, first pitch for a Braves game? Yeah, call you, up. Well, you're, you're friends with Terry McGurk. I can't believe you've never done it before. I just haven't asked. Um, Come on. Yeah, there's know, a lot of baseball games to... in a year. We're Terry, asking yeah, for you yeah, here for Chris Kirk. <laughs> Terry McGurk probably yeah. listens to this podcast a I'm lot. I'm sure so. Terry's listening for no doubt. Um, <laughs> no, I just need I need to ask. I would love to do it. I've done it at a Double A Mississippi Braves game. Uh, I've done it at UGA a few times, and yeah, it's. Uh, I definitely love love baseball. Love the Atlanta Braves. I watch every game. I mean, I I work out at a baseball performance place at home. I I probably throw two bullpens a week. Really, yeah. really. Um, what can you throw? Get the, this like, man in. Have you been on a game? gun lately? I have been on a gun lately. It's you, embarrassing. You get, is there an eight in front of it? No, really, not even a seven. Whoa, Ooh, that isn't. You get torn Bad. I got. My- I just am not athletic. Really? That's really what it is. Yeah. See, you folks, are. if you're not athletic, not athletic, take up golf. I'm only getting. You can I'm, make millions of dollers. You were a I skateboarder when you were a kid, right? Skateboarder. I have good balance. I yeah. have good rhythm. Uh, you know, but no, mm-hmm. I'm not. You could be doing orchestras. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't have the 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 natural athleticism. Okay. I'm not. So Matt Matt is a naturally pretty athletic guy. Is also convinced, 
which I'm not sure that this is true. <laughs> Matt is convinced. So this like has this. been this has been years since I've heard heard this. <laughs> Wish he was I, a little. Bit I know taller. that Matt. I know that Matt is convinced he that if he had not made it on the PGA Tour, he would have played some other professional sport. Hundred percent. You and David yeah, Luteris. Luteris still, is the same. Hundred percent. Yeah, Matt is hundred percent. Like if if, that, if at the time in my life when I was like, all right. I'm choosing squash. Golf is choosing it. golf. Professional yes. squash. If I would have chose baseball at that time. I 100% think I would have made it just because of single how it took crazy a single I was. A, I was a psycho about golf, like yeah. getting that better and shit like that. And I, I'm not saying it, and I really don't mean it. In a you could have been the big greatest squash player of all time. Could yes. have been. You never know. Lacrosse. Yeah. Fuck. Lacrosse was screaming for Matt every. Well, I loved ago. I loved baseball when I was in like middle school, but it was very very obvious that I was not talented enough oh, to. God, that's hard for me to believe, man. I just I mean I I was a little shrimp. I mean like my beginning of high school, I was like five six a hundred pounds. Kirk, really? when I first met yeah, you, 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 you in two thousand and three, you couldn't have been more than one hundred and thirty pounds. A what do you got now? More. What do you got now? I weigh one ninety now. Yeah, he's, yeah my he's a my freshman now, dude. My he freshman is. physical at Georgia six three one forty two. Oh my gosh! So anorexic. Remember uh, you were you were <laughs> foreman from uh, the seventy show for a while. You kind of <laughs> yeah, looked like fratty him. hair. Yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah. But no, I remember my senior year of high school. I got out. I got out at like eleven thirty work work release. You know, I think yeah. the assistant pro of the golf course signed the thing so that and said that I worked there. And uh, so I would go every day, 1130. I would either go, I pretty much alternated days, Zaxby's or Chick-fil-A. If it was Zaxby's, I would get 10 chicken fingers. That was what I had for lunch. If it was Chick-fil-A, I would get two chicken sandwiches, like a Dang. a Chick-fil-A combo meal plus an extra chicken sandwich. And I had that for lunch literally every day. And I weighed 140 pounds. Wow. Where, where did the skinniness come from? Your parents aren't like, they're athletic, they're yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a good bit of it in my in my family for sure. But yeah. um yeah, I don't know. My my dad when he was when he was younger, he my dad's a pretty, you know, well built guy now, but he was when he was younger, he was like swim team and he was skin and bones just like okay. like I was when I was little. Just hit a wall and you become a hoss one ninety. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Um before we get you out of here, that shirt, sixty five seven. Uh let's talk about Georgia a little bit. Why do you think your teams are hot? Georgia, the Braves, just, uh, Georgia golf specifically. Why? Why mm-hmm. do you think they just pump out? I mean, slowed down a little bit, I guess. Davis Thompson's yeah. probably a lot. Uh, yeah, and Davis. he's still pretty young. Actually, he is very young. Yep. Um, wh- why do you think just thoroughbreds come out of there? I think it was really just the the culture that was created there. You know, once um, Kiz and Brendan and I got there and um, we just were so competitive and, and Harmon and Harrison Hud and all those guys that kind of came after us. Like I remember those teams, like we, you know, Brendan and I have always been best, best friends since, you know, freshman year of college, we've been really, really close, but there were a lot of relationships on that team that were not very good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I just, there's no need for me to go into details. We're all, you know, good friends now. But we were just, we wanted to beat each other so bad. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, the way Hackers structured it, we had no mandatory practice ever. We had straight up qualifying. If you finished in the top 10 in the previous tournament, you were exempt from qualifying. Other than that, 
you had to qualify. So I mean, mm-hmm. like my senior year, first team All American, winning tournaments, and like you know, if I finished eleventh in an event, and I was back playing qualifying the next week, wow. you know, so you you had to stay on your game, and and even more so than that, like we just we gambled on these short game contests all the time. We called it the gauntlet, and we were playing. I mean, we played like a dollar a shot. Or Did Brennan like Todd that. win every time? Not every time. I I was I was uh, I was holding my own for really? sure. Yeah, but B Todd and I both ended up. Dude, you uh, and B Todd in college. One played a thirty yard hook. One played a thirty yard slice. You remember? You remember oh, yeah. how much yeah, you guys worked to, the ball? He used to peel it a lot left to right, and it was. <laughs> I still am. It's funny to me because even like I'll get on tournaments that I haven't played in a while. I remember like my rookie year on tour, like, man, that tree was in the way. And it's like <laughs> way over there. Yeah. Like so this used to be an uncomfortable tee shot for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we just were so, we were just, were so competitive. We wanted to beat each other so bad. It was almost like we'd get to a tournament and it almost felt like less competitive sometimes because yeah. we were having to like, and there were sometimes where some guys were not even, not even pulling for your, for your teammates. Um, but you just, you know, you know, some of the personalities yeah. that we had. Um, but I think that's, that's what it was. And then it, and it continued to, to go after Spiral that. effect, like a domino yeah. effect. Because mm-hmm. before Hack came for the, you look at the 20 years before Hack, they probably had one or two guys win on tour. Yeah, Since there. Hack, they've had 11, yeah. something mm-hmm. like 11 or 12. It's been Who, who's unbelievable gonna be the next, run. The guy to replace that to Hacker. I have no idea. There's, I mean, as people have, have asked me that, I mean, I don't, I don't see really, I hate to say this. I don't really see why Hibble would leave Oklahoma. Right. He likes it. He's, he likes it there. He's got, and he's built an incredible program. He's got great boosters. He's got, I think right. he's just in an awesome, an awesome situation. I mean, it'd be purely sentimental, I guess. Right. But I mean, I think his family's pretty well rooted there now. Yeah. You're you know, pretty close so. with the program still. I mean, you're right down the road. Uh, somewhat, you know, I, I still check in with Hacker and Doug a, a good bit. Um, my practice schedule and the guys on the team practice schedule doesn't quite align. Is that where you you're know, practicing? So. At, at yeah, the... I, pl- I don't play out there a whole lot, but yeah, I go, I go use the short game area and hit balls at UJ a lot. But I mean, I do, my kids are in school from eight o'clock until two fifty, And so all of my, all of my gym work, all of my practice, all of that is done during that time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, on a week when I'm at home, I take them to school every morning and I'm going to pick them up every afternoon, you know, with a very few exceptions. Um, so in those, the kids are all getting out there in the afternoon to, to get their work done. So we usually, I'll see them for, you know, like an hour, a lot of the time when they're, they're getting there and I'm, I'm finishing up. So I've, I've gotten to know a lot of the guys reasonably well. And, and I try to make sure that they all have my phone number and, you know, if you ever need anything, reach out and, and, uh, they're, it's a great group of kids. They've done, I feel like some of them do a pretty good job of, you know, with me or Brendan or whoever it may be that's out there. They'll come and ask questions, which which I think is great. I mean, that's yeah. the best way to yeah. best way to learn. You're gonna learn way more from from peers that that have a you know a really good skill set than you can from a coach a lot of times. So that's pretty lucky they have you and Brendan Todd two yeah. guys like absolutely still crushing on tour late 30s. Late 30s and, is a great age and living to in give Athens. advice to college kid too. But I not think. many. Guys are living in towns like Athens where the, yeah. you know, the the flying is not that convenient where you got to drive it over an hour to Atlanta and stuff. So that's probably going to help continue that program 
for years and years as well. Yeah, I think the short game stuff especially because uh, it's just such a unique part of the game where there's so much variety in in technique and what you can do. And I I still spend – Brendan and I will go out there and we'll spend a couple hours and it'll be – we're just kind of feeding off each other of just like, what do you think about this? Or I've been messing around with this, or I've been trying this or, you know, what, like come let, watch me hit this shot. And so like, he's, you know, after all these years, um, he and I still feel like, uh, I would assume he, he would say the same thing. I, I feel like we're still learning a ton from each other in that part of the game, at least. Right. Um, so it's just a, it's an ever evolving and ever changing and, you know, with little different thoughts you have, little different feels you have and, and all that kind of thing. It's just a, it's, it's my favorite part of the game to practice for sure. And, and I feel like just because there's so much room for creativity. What about Saturdays in the fall there in Athens? Are y'all, y'all pretty active getting in town for some games or? I don't, I have not been going to a whole lot of games the last few years. Um, we have, we typically have a lot of people from right that our our friends and family that live right around us. We all get together at my barn, and I've got a big projector screen up there, and we watch. And the kids can all the kids all kind of float back and forth. You know, there's right around us. There's probably ten or so kids that are around the same age, mostly boys, and they go from you know they'll go ramp their dirt bikes for a little while and then they'll come inside and watch 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, they're never go watching back the game. To, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think that we'll probably start going to more and more games as my boys get older and get more into it. Um, we go to baseball games a lot. Obviously, my kids love baseball and I've gotten to know some of the coaches, Coach Strickland, the head coach, Coach Kenny, the pitching coach. They're they're really good guys and, and uh, like golf. And, you know, I, I talk to them on a pretty regular basis and try to keep keep up with the program georgia baseball program a pretty good bit and uh it's just so fun and easy man like you know stadium's 10 minutes from my house you go and you park you know 200 yards away from the stadium and roll in and and you know watch a little baseball have a hot dog and some popcorn and way easier with kids for sure yeah it's it's much easier yeah football games are are incredible the atmosphere is unbelievable it is it's process yeah (laughs) it's an all-day deal it's an all-day process they're gonna learn and Hear things they don't want to on the way into the stadium. The football <laughs> yeah. Games. yeah, there's gonna, people, animals. They're gonna out have there. to learn yeah. and see things eventually. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, they'll hear it one way or the other. That's for sure. And what about back to the golf? So obviously Augusta, few weeks. You uh, haven't been there in a while. Mm-hmm. Have you thought much about that, or just deal with it? You need a you caddy. A week yet. How does Augusta <laughs> work with the caddies? Is it the guy that does you caddy win with that gets you in, or I guess you would already have been in world ranking, right? I was close on world rank. I think I was 47th going into the Honda, so I needed to play well in in Florida. But um, yeah, Michael's going to do it. He's, that, he's so uh, Michael's yeah, your favorite. Makes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. right. but he we, can we, can, we, we can go ahead and say that. He's right definitely now. your favorite. Yeah, I mean, get me back on the podcast two months from now. He may be my least favorite. Okay. <laughs> but he he was very fair yeah. at last year or one year. I caddied a lot, like 12 events. Um, too many, uh-huh. too many. But uh, <laughs> but. It, Michael, whatever was saying about Augusta, and Kirk's like, no, who, whoever I win with will caddy at Augusta, unless you know, obviously they yeah, do something silly in between. So it only makes sense. They're having yeah. a great run, two thirds and a win. I don't care if you love, hate the guy, or he I don't you know, know steals your kid's that. lunch. You got to use him. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say nobody hates Chris Kirk, but no, yeah, no, I'm no, excited. No, no, no. Uh, and so next next 
Wednesday, I think. Yeah. Practice or not? I'm going to go over to so Terry, Terry McGurk, as he was saying, is a, is a good friend of mine, uh, who, one of the main guys that runs the Atlanta Braves, a Augusta member. So he is going to be nice enough to host myself, Chromie, and then my trainer, Jake, who was a catcher at Georgia for the same four years I was in school. Mm. He's like a scratch to maybe one handicap, maybe plus one, somewhere around there. He's like, he's, he's a good player. He's never played Augusta. That'd be cool. And so he's going to take us over there. But uh, yeah, I told Jake that last week and he, he called me one day, like two days later, he's like, Dude, my hands are killing me. He's like, I hit balls for like four hours today. <laughs> I'd never done that before. I'm just like, dude, you need to slow it yeah. down. Like, well, if his hands are too sore, I've never played a gust either. So <laughs> I can come and, in. I'll come and caddy for someone or something. You know, <laughs> hide in the bushes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, the rest of this year shake out. We got you in the backyard this week with the uh, players and get to watch in all the majors this year. So. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say thanks for, for coming and uh, making the time to, to chat with us. And yeah, thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, good thanks. to be here. Appreciate yeah, y'all man. having me.